the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello and welcome to another exciting, fun-filled uh, edition, episode of the Worldview Media Podcast. My name is Gordon Runyon. I'm one of your co-hosts. And with me in Studio 2... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. ...are two women whose powers are regulated by the Sokovia Accords. I never signed. <laughs> I never signed. <laughs> hey, it's the law, baby. You don't get to break the law. Don't sound true. Or maybe you do. <laughs> All right, so this is our daughter Joyce. No, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all look so much alike. This is our daughter Jordan. Hello. Hello. And my wife Joyce. Hello. Hello. And we're going to talk about the uh, recent movie, Captain America's Civil War. Mm-hmm. And so. In this movie, yes, yeah, many characters come together from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we should just mention that Marvel's done something that nobody else has really done in terms of their franchise, where they've had several different series of movies, like Iron Man movies and yeah. Thor movies and Captain and, America and Ant Man and uh, Captain America, yeah. A bunch of hulks. Yeah. Yeah. And they've integrated all of them in terms of storyline. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and and so they form what they are consciously calling the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. And they've done a good job. Yeah, I think so too. Especially for like when they first started not having any real experience making movies, you know. They just right. started doing this. Yeah, doing yeah. doing well. Yeah, well, I think so too. Especially my background as a kid reading Marvel comics <laughs> and stuff, I've really enjoyed. Your background as a kid. my background as a child. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, that's something. And I, you know, I read the Marvel comics. I was a Marvel guy, not a DC guy, and and uh, I've really enjoyed the. Marvel Cinematic Universe, by and large. There have been a couple of duds. Yeah, that's not bound like, to happen. Yeah. Not like DC, though. <laughs> right. But of course we're not talking about that. We're no. talking about... Okay, else. so in we kind of, we're kind of in the middle of the overarching story here, which, as of now, February 2017, we know we're heading toward... Uh, what they're calling the Infinity Wars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so the movie we're looking at today is Civil War. And so it's kind of in the middle of the story. But what you have is Captain America as kind of leader of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Or a co-leader, I guess you might say. With well, Iron Man. pretty much leader, though. He's yeah, when it comes to being on the battlefield, he's the leader, yeah. for sure. Okay, so the issue is... Slavery. 
<laughs> like also government control. <laughs> it's slavery. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> In the last Captain America movie, which was the Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America had the character himself. He had quite a libertarian bent to him, and the government that he was dealing with was a kind of a shadow police state and Captain America rebelled against all of that and yeah. saved the day yeah. from a government that was going, an American government that was going to execute millions of Americans mm -hmm. yeah. for having the wrong thoughts and ideas and stuff for the sake of security. Yeah. Of course. That's it. And so that theme kind of continues here. We still have kind of Captain Libertarian <laughs> and, uh, the issue, the issue here is that the governments of the world have decided that they need to control these Slavery. superpowered <laughs> individuals, specifically the United Nations, which you can tell it's a fictional account, just because in the movie the United Nations is something, <laughs> and in reality it's just kind of a feckless, impotent group of... Uh, well, talking heads and liberal whack nuts Doesn't mean and stuff. they wouldn't like to. Well, sure, I'm sure power, they would like to. No one takes it serious. So the issue is, we have a government guy approach the Avengers, and he tells them, you guys do all sorts of bad things while you're trying to do good things. That You wind up destroying everything while you're trying to save the world. And we've talked about that before, and we might get into it a little bit later. But might as well bring it up now. This guy. <laughs> yeah, he's military, though, too. He's not just Yeah, he was government. a general. And yeah. from the Hulk movies, General Ross. Oh, was that him? Yeah, yeah. That's him. Oh, I missed that. Okay, so... <laughs> this government guy, his issue is... Like, for instance, in the first Avengers movie, where... Aliens from outer space invaded New York City and made a mess of everything. Mm -hmm. And he's blaming the Avengers for the fact that they tore up a whole bunch of stuff in New York City battling these aliens. Well, I think he prefaces it with, you know, you all have done a lot of good, but, you know, there's been a lot of collateral damage right. that you're responsible for. Right. <laughs> and so... Another thing he brings up is in, uh, what was the Age of Ultron? Was that an Avengers? That was that was the the second Avengers movie. Okay, and in in that one, the bad guy Ultron lifted an entire city up in the air and yeah. then dropped it or something. He's gonna use it like a meteor to yeah. destroy. Life. And so there was a bunch of destruction there as well, and. And then in the opening scene of this movie, Captain America and the Black Widow and the Falcon are trying to stop this Skull and Bones guy. Crossbones. Crossbones. <laughs> and, then, and he's trying to steal a biological weapon, or he does, but they neutralize that, and then he blows himself up. Uh -huh. And in an effort to contain the explosion, they wind up uh, blowing up a huge building and, and stuff like that, kind of beyond their control. Mm -hmm. And so the government guy says to the Avengers, look at all this damage that you've done. Somebody needs to get you under control. Yeah. And we're just the guys to do it. 
<laughs> and that Pretty person much. is us. <laughs> right. Well, and, but he makes it sound like it's more noble because it's not them having to decide if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. And, and now that decision can be left up to a governing body of the world who can see what the benefits are for the world and not right. just um, a little bit smaller view. Right. So his pitch is, we're going to help you out by taking the decision-making process out of your hands. And and then you won't be accountable for You know, which is it's kind of funny because I think we've talked about how if they hadn't have done something, you know, what kind of damage would there have been? Right. Well, and then if they go out and they're still doing something, does that mean that there's not going to be any damage now because somebody else is saying... Yeah, it's okay for you to do that. Looks like we have our guest cat back in, in studio. <laughs> our guest co-host. She always has a lot to say about the movies. <laughs> Let's well, see if we can get her out of there. Well, she may stop screaming. And Cap even says that like that document isn't really changing anything. It just shifts the blame for what happens. Like It doesn't change what's going to happen. It's just now... It's not our problem anymore, and how is that? That's not responsible for us. Like, we need to take responsibility for what we do, and this is just making it somebody else's problem. This isn't even really addressing the issue. Yeah, and, and I think Mom has pointed out that the government's solution to the alien attack in New York was to nuke the whole place. They were just going to wipe out yeah. everybody. And, and now they're mad at the Avengers for, you know some destroyed buildings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so Captain America sees this rightly, I think, as a power grab by the government, and and he's not going to buy into it. He's not going to go quietly if these accords are signed, the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. And on the other side, we have Iron Man, who is in favor of there being... A regulatory agency that can provide oversight for the Avengers and for all the other superpowered individuals. Well, but I think the deal with Iron Man is that he's really he's feeling guilty about yeah, a lot of stuff. Motivated by guilt. You yeah. have a you you missed a key scene before this where a mom comes up and you know he, just standing around happens to be where he is and then he starts to freak out a little bit and he's like uh, why really are you here <laughs> you know this <laughs> right. is weird and she's reaching into her jacket her purse, purse for something and he's like hold on now hold on <laughs> don't make me hurt you and it's a picture of her son who has who was killed in the in Sokovia and and I think he's also having some personal issues with his love miss pepper yeah and so uh I think he's just feeling old and tired and wanting to not yeah, have that he hasn't responsibility. Been in a very good place, I think, for a while. Just sort of how he's feeling about his whole deal. Yeah. And so I think that's really some of the reason he's like, you know, yeah, I don't want to be responsible for this stuff. I've tried being responsible and even being as responsible as I can be, it doesn't always work out the way I would like it to. Right. Yeah, that's true. And you know, that's kind of life. Well, he strikes me, and this may be harsh, but Iron Man in this movie plays the part of the modern white liberal because 
he's racked with guilt and his solution is to have government control everybody because he's racked with guilt yeah. and uh and so the battle lines are kind of drawn and you have roughly half of the avengers siding with either captain america or iron man and then what we find out is that there's this other bad guy baron zemo from the comic books and also Sokovia. <laughs> also from Sokovia. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and Zemo is secretively and patiently constructing this intricate web of manipulations and machinations in order to accomplish his nefarious goals. Yes. Which is to what? His goal is to destroy the Avengers by... No, that's not yeah. what he says. By having them fight each yeah, other. Yeah, that is his goal. What are you saying? But he what doesn't do you phrase it that is? way. He says his goal is to destroy an empire or to destroy... But he's talking about the oh, Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they don't realize that. They just think, oh, my gosh, he's going to go after some some big entity that we've no, got No, he save. said that to the Black Panther while they were already fighting. Yeah, I think you got your timeline messed up there. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're still suffering. From the consumption. Lo <laughs> these many, many years. Yeah, boy. But that's another episode. <laughs> and so Baron Zemo goes to a whole lot of trouble in order to try to get the Avengers to fight each other and specifically to get Iron Man to try to kill the winter soldier and so Captain America is gonna stand up for his friend Bucky and mm-hmm. Well you know it is it is a true deal. <laughs> What's going on there? Well, right. And uh, this is what I thought was really I guess I didn't I didn't realize it until after we were done watching the movie the first time, but going back and thinking on it, this is a really dumb plot. <laughs> you know, just in terms of storytelling. I like the movie. I think it was Really well done, really action-packed, and it had its funny moments, and, you know, there was nothing to complain about if you're a superhero fan. But, dumb plot by the supervillain. It's very elaborate and very ridiculous in order to accomplish something that, you know, I'm not sure it's really all that big a deal. And, uh... Kind of reminded me of the bad plot behind the fourth Harry Potter book, uh, The Goblet of Fire, where the bad guy goes through all sorts of elaborate machinations in order to really accomplish a very simple goal. And and uh, so for me, that was the one weakness of the show was just how dumb the villain's plot was. But in terms of the movie, he he accomplishes what he wants to accomplish. The Avengers just wind up being able to hold back and not kill each other for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other kind of overall thoughts about the movie or anything like that before we move on? Well, I liked it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good movie, despite the the overly complicated villain's plot. But then, like, that was actually kind of plan B, wasn't it? Because he... 
at the beginning he finds that general guy and he just kind of wants him to tell him everything. So that, like, if that guy that he finds in, like, Cleveland, if he would have just told him the mission report thing to begin with, I don't think we would have had this UN thing going on and, like, probably Bucky himself wouldn't even have had to come into it because he could have just gone and found the tape himself and, like, mailed it to Iron Man or something, you know, like... Right. But this this one, like, Hydra, this ex-Hydra guy... Like you just can't let it go. You just can't let it go. Like, <laughs> kind of sets this whole elaborate, crazy thing into motion. That's so that's... you don't think Sokovia would have happened had this guy. Well, no. Sokovia would have. No, happened. Sokovia would have happened. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, Baron Zemo's said, oh. plot would not have no, the plot, had to be so elaborate. It wouldn't have had to be so elaborate. He wouldn't have had to like blow up the UN to like draw out. He could have just gotten a security tape where Bucky killed Iron Man's parents. Yeah. And. and and if, let that yeah. do what it was going to do. Because even if Bucky hadn't been there and and Iron Man wasn't able to actually kill him right away, that still would have caused this giant rift between him and right. Steve for not telling him and knowing this and defending his pal and all this stuff. So, yeah, I think it got... I think it's weird because I feel like it is plan B because he goes after this really more simple thing first and he's like, well, okay, I have to do this now. It's all in. I'm all in. Right. Okay. But you know, people do make elaborate plans. Not successfully. Elaborate plans are almost always doomed to failure. For real. Almost, but not always. That's what disqualifies a lot of the... Wilder conspiracy theories is because so much is elaborately connected and it all has to fall in just right for the theory to work. Mm. I and still it, say elaborate plans can come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a believer. What, what elaborate, elaborate plans, plans have you made? <laughs> you sound like you're speaking from experience. You've accomplished things. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Elaborately. <laughs> All right. So we will take our break and then come back and and discuss the movie in terms of the biblical five-point covenant. So stick with us. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back, trying to restrain ourselves from elaborate uses of <laughs> superpowers. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to gonna take Captain America's Civil War and discuss it in terms of the biblical five-point covenant. 
the first point in the covenant is transcendence. And in the Bible, this is where God reveals himself as the creator and the redeemer and the lawgiver and the only one who can actually reveal ultimate truth or be a ground for ultimate truth. In the movies, a lot of the time, it's one of the easiest things to look at or in order to discover transcendence is to look for thematic content or to ask the question, uh, who's the ultimate lawgiver? What is there an ultimate rule? Uh, that sort of thing. So what do you think in terms of civil war? Any thoughts? Well, I think the government wants to be the ultimate oh, lawgiver. Right. You know, they're trying to uh, enforce that on to other people and, and talk them into, yeah, I, I need to be the ultimate authority in this. Right. Yep, the government always would like to step into that spot that should always be occupied. Well, it is, but in our in our description of things, we should always understand that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And as soon as some ideology comes and strips him supposedly of that authority, something's going to rush in there and try to fill the vacuum. Mm -hmm. And it's generally always the state. And we do see that in civil war, like you said. Yeah. And so, any other ideas? Well, I think it's sort of clear that at least Captain America and his group of like followers, his teammates, are uh, they they sort of don't accept that, which I think means that at least they, as a group, have to they are seeing that there's something outside of the the sort of government powers that, that is what they need to be paying attention to and subscribing to and stuff. And I think that's been the way with Cap for, for, a while. for all yeah. these things, yeah. But then they're just putting themselves in charge, which it's a little bit more personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that may be the case here, but... You know, it's a very American idea, and it's a very Western, and frankly, it goes back to being very Protestant and biblical, the idea of the right and the duty of private judgment, where uh, no one but Christ, no one but the Holy Spirit speaking through the Word of God has the authority to bind your conscience and tell you what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's really been a foundational <laughs> idea in western civilization and i like oh. to think that's what i see being exercised by captain america and and the guys on his side you know yeah, you're going to write this law but that law can't say what's right and what's wrong but we have a whole culture of people that want to do the same thing now to say i should be under no one's law because right. i can choose what i want to do and you shouldn't have any authority over me so so even though that may be a, a good concept in, be, in the beginning without the foundation of what's truth and how do we we know these things and how do we obey these things yeah. then you know it just turns into another form of a libertine yeah, yeah. of idolatry that you know i'm going to do what i want to do and i'm the one in charge and well that's right the right of private judgment is a dangerous idea and it's not just the tyrants of the world that have hated it although a lot, all of them do, uh, but well, no one likes to be judged, <laughs> right? It it uh, 
it is the sort of thing that if it's not tethered to the Word of God, it it will become libertine and licensed and, yeah. and autonomous man deciding for himself and and all that. So that's why we need to uh, need to really recognize that it's a right and it's a duty that man will be held accountable for by God. And so. Uh, as we look at our government, which is increasingly tyrannical, mm-hmm. we as Christians are supposed to judge every law that they put out and say, is this right or wrong according to the standard of the Word of God? And, of course, now that idea is missing from the movie. That isn't there, but I think mm-hmm. you do see, especially Captain America himself, just saying, no, this this isn't right. Not only should I have the right to determine what I'm going to do, but I accept the fact that I'm responsible for my own actions, and, yeah. and yeah. I I do have a yeah. duty I, to I really answer for that. those choices. Right. Yeah. You know, I thought that was really evident at the end of the movie when uh, Tony's after him about the shield. Yeah. And he's just like, you know what? Yeah, take it if you want. <laughs> if it I'm not that much. this shield. <laughs> right. That's not who I am. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So good. I think that's a that's a really interesting point, and that's a point that we need to return to because in our day, like just as an example, the whole topic of illegal immigration, and why and and so many people are willing to just assume that because the Bible, not the Bible, but because the government has outlawed a certain form of migration, that that means it's wrong because it's illegal. Mm -hmm. Well, the government could make any law at all and make things illegal, but does that make them wrong? No. And uh, the government itself can be illegal in in doing all these things. And I think there was the basis of understanding that in this movie. So I appreciated that. The next point of the biblical covenant covenant. <laughs> you really want to go into confections, don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to Coming to your local Bible bookstore. <laughs> Covenants. <laughs> we sell them in packs of five. <laughs> Okay, so the biblical covenant part two, point two, is <laughs> transcendent. No, that's point one. Uh, that's point one. <laughs> is no, hierarchy. No. <laughs> <laughs> point two is hierarchy or representation, where we ask, uh, where can we see that transcendent power in action? In the biblical covenant, for instance, God is the transcendent power, but in the Old Testament, for instance, he institutes the priesthood and later the kings and they become his representatives your mom and dad under the ten commandments are representatives of god to you in the in the biblical covenant so here who represents that transcendent idea Mm. and i think it's pretty obvious that the two dueling leaders iron man and captain america yeah. represent the two opposite sides of that idea. Mm-hmm. Iron Man's willing to give up liberty for the sake of security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much like our country. <laughs> right. And Captain America's saying, no, I'm 
freedom is worth the risk that it entails. And and if it goes badly, it goes badly, and, and we'll hold people accountable who need to be held accountable, but freedom is worth the risk, yeah. which is almost a radical idea in our day. Well, it just brings me back to our last episode of Hamilton, where, you know, that's, we don't really think about all those guys, what they did. The and risk. had they lost, yeah. Oh yeah. they would have forfeited Everything, everything was on the you know, line. Everything. It wasn't just like, uh, I guess I'll leave the right. colonies. <laughs> <laughs> right. They would have been hunted down and executed. Sure. And it was a big, huge thing that should have never worked. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything from you, Jordan? Yeah. Or are you just in agreement? No, I guess I'm just in agreement. Okay, well, point three of the biblical covenant is ethics, and we like to ask the question, what sort of major ethical or moral dilemmas are faced by characters in the movie? And our our thesis is that by watching the way the heroes especially address these moral crises, you will, you will learn something of the worldview that's being preached. Mm-hmm. And so... For me, I'll raise my hand first. I think <laughs> the major the major moral crisis has to do with the concept of personal vengeance. And mm-hmm. you see it on the part of several different characters yeah. throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Where you have Iron Man who discovers that Bucky assassinated his mom well, and dad. Not Bucky. The winter the soldier. Winter soldier. The winter soldier. Because poor Bucky. Yeah, Bucky was a victim. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He, of course, he had no control. But it was this person yeah. that did these things, and his immediate reaction is, "I must kill you." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, yeah. And then, like you were talking about, the mom who confronts Iron Man at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. she plainly would like to have the power to take some vengeance. Yeah. But she lacks that. Well, and I think that brings up a bigger issue of um, of loss and death. And what do those things mean? And how can we resolve these things that seem so final? Right. And, you know, there's really only one way to do that. And, of course, that's through salvation. Um, because death, although it seems like it's the end, it's really not. And there's, there's more after that. And so, um, you know, I think that's just a lost world, not understanding... Yeah. Not understanding death. Yeah. And so she's obviously angry and at least desires. She, You know, you could tell in that clip mm-hmm. she wished she was able to grab his neck and just choke the life out of him. She mm-hmm. didn't knew she wasn't able to do that, though. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Black Panther whose father is killed yeah. in the bombing and, and now he wants to kill Bucky, too. Yeah. Poor Bucky. Right. And he was just out shopping. <laughs> just trying to get some fruit. <laughs> well, and I think another issue that you have in this is um, is friendship and love and what oh, yeah. what that means. And I, I think the captain kind of is that guy. Because even though he hears, yeah. oh, it's the winter soldier, you know, his immediate reaction isn't like, ah, oh, dang it, i got to go kill him. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he's concerned for his friend. And he knows that everybody else is going to go kill him. And so... He at least needs to go and bring him in alive. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and, and and then 
I think I like the way the vengeance thing was resolved, except in the case of Baron Zemo, his whole thing was about vengeance. Yeah, that's and, true. And he never backed off of that. But you saw the nobility in the Black Panther, in that right. not only did he realize it wasn't Bucky, and so his vengeance, his desire for vengeance was misplaced. Mm -hmm. But then when he found the guy who really did kill his dad, he refused to be consumed yeah. with a and desire for vengeance. After he'd seen all the destruction and chaos that it yeah. caused. So. Yeah, he gets a little perspective and figures, what am I doing, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. And I kinda, is this helping anything? My hope is that at the end of the movie, Iron Man kind of got to the same place of... You know, cooler heads prevailing right, after the it's passage been some of time, time and right. separation, and yeah. yeah, understands Bucky wasn't Bucky, and and I feel like he knew that the whole time. It's just that in that moment of finding out this well, really just traumatic seen the video thing, of his yeah, mom yeah, being murdered, like yeah. that's a hard time to try to be okay. Let me think about this like logically, because <laughs> yeah, he obviously okay. knows Bucky's whole situation and. I mean, he makes that Manchurian candidate joke. Like, he knows what's going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think that grief can consume somebody. Yeah. yeah. And you lose perspective. Yeah. And you don't care anymore. It's just about, I am in pain, and someone will pay for this. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's what it boils down to. Right. So, vengeance and how to deal with being hurt and... and how to deal with people being taken from you unjustly. That's kind of, you know, like we said, we see many characters in here kind of dealing with that. And then uh, any other moral dilemmas? I think we kind of already mentioned the one about when is it right to disobey yeah. uh, unjust Well, I think you stuff. see that with, a, um, with Wanda. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, Vision, when she's like, okay, I'm going to go down to the grocery store. And no, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and how she has to really overcome him to leave and go out. And, and you know, was that really, was that right that they put her in that position to begin with? Yeah. To protect her for her own safety. She couldn't go anywhere. Because she just does things randomly to hurt right. people. <laughs> right. Yeah, really interesting. And, and like I say, I mentioned it before, but I, I really felt like on top of having to figure out when we're going to obey and, or disobey, I really saw the whole Sokovia Accords as kind of parallel to like modern calls for gun control and mm. yeah. gun registration and stuff like that. Right. Uh, really the same sort of thing where people feel some I I'm convinced it's personal guilt I and projection. I saw in our newspaper, our local newspaper, that the sheriff had put in a letter saying that there was trying to be a new bill passed. And I don't know if it was federal or if it was state, but that if you were going to borrow somebody's gun, yeah, you were gonna have to go through all this registration <laughs> right. process to yeah. to let them take your gun hunting. Yeah. And then once they came back, then you would have to go through all the paperwork again to give the gun back to the person that you yeah, borrowed it as from. if you were selling it, as yeah. if you were a gun seller. Yeah. yeah. If, and if it was family or if it was if it was not registered in your name and you were using the gun, you had to. Right. And he was, of course, 
opposing this, which right. I was real happy to see. I think that got defeated in the last so, I was reading. So. But I, was shocked at the stupidity <laughs> right well and what's the what's the source i'm i'm convinced with a lot of liberalism the source is guilt and or or you just see something and and you feel bad about it and mm-hmm. you're feeling bad makes you want to do something and maybe you should repent <laughs> right instead <laughs> instead of biblical repentance you're gonna get the alternative god to take control of all these things I, I really think that's what it was with Iron Man. It's personal guilt, and because he feels bad and feels like he has demonstrated an inability to control himself, let's just regulate everybody. And, yeah. uh, and that, to me, that's classic liberalism. Yeah. Well, you know, he really does have issues with control. <laughs> well, he does. And he's he the non-authoritarian. <laughs> you know, he's non-authoritarian. He, he can't handle anybody telling him what to do, and he's the one... Wanting the government to take control of everybody. And even sort of in his dealings with this new government setup, he's still being all difficult about (laughs) being told what to do, you know, like... Right. Sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky on the side. Yeah. Call me and I'll put you on hold. And Uh, and then he does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, he's still not just easily going along with making this... Well, not go quietly. No. Like, he's there. He's doing the thing, but he's not... (laughs) He's still just being his usual self. That's right. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Then we get to point four of the covenant, which is sanctions. And we ask the question, do do the characters at some point in the story get what they deserve or get what's coming to them? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, Zemo's finally arrested. Yeah, incarcerated. And you see, I thought it was a neat, a neat drawing things full full circle where Black Panther had spent the whole movie trying to destroy the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and at the end of the movie, he's going to protect him. Yeah, and he's kind of macho daring people to come try to hurt him (laughs) yeah so he's he's the one that's going to provide for him and take care of him right that was even in that i think you see bucky getting some sort of peace i mean it's not a long it's not the best option for how he's getting it but yeah you know he's at least in a safe place with people who are concerned for his welfare which is not been which is a his, new thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which has not been his past at all. all right. and the, you know, yeah. the friendship between him and Steve has been—it's been a lifesaver for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, uh, but we leave the movie with several of the members of the Avengers kind of on the Fugitive, outs with the yeah. government. Yeah. Outlaws on right. the run. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, They're vacationing overseas. <laughs> but the proper response to an outlaw government is to be an outlaw. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, we'll be living overseas. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our bug out bags. <laughs> Wait, does the NSA listen to the World Movie Podcast? <laughs> oh, sure. Can we get a- they listen to all... <laughs> Can we get a correspondent? Like the great, uh, an expert? Do we have an NSA? <laughs> All my friends who are NSA agents, please write in and tell us whether or not you listen. 
and we'd like six hours heads up when you come for us too. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. The last point of the covenant is succession, where in the Bible we ask the question, how will this continue from generation to generation? This arrangement that we've set up. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, what do we see for the future? Well, I think we see the Black Panther guy. You know, he's he's obviously used to, to being in a situation where he can control stuff, where things are controlled, and now he's doing that. And so I think, you know, he's going to continue doing that and try to be on the right side of things. You're saying he'll be a, a more major player, you think, or not? Well, if they stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's involved because that's where they're finding their protection from. Yeah, okay. Well, I think dealing with the government is obviously going to continue to be a thorn in their sides. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I don't think I see Iron Man staying true. <laughs> no, I think his government. mind is changing. He's admitting that he's wrong. Yeah, and, yeah, I that think he that's was right. wrong. I think they'll reconcile at some point. Yeah. All right. So what we, about uh, Black Widow? What's going to happen to her? Uh, she'll probably find her way back in somehow. Black Widow's a survivor. Yeah. <laughs> she'll morph and change as she needs to. Yeah, yeah. But she's never trusted governments either. No, not really. Any government. Any ones that she's ever worked for <laughs> at right, the same time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, sounds good. You got anything else? Yeah, I guess not. Any other thing to add on to what we said? I really thought Spider-Man was cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, the the kind of reboot of Spider-Man that we get in this yeah. movie was interesting. Where he's it was, really like a kid, you know. He yeah. really looks like a kid. So I'm interested to see what they do with that because I think... And it's nice that we don't have to start a new Spider-Man with a brand new <laughs> right. origin story Please again. Please don't do that like again. Right. It's it's so nice to like be looked at as an intelligent audience who like knows who Spider Man is. Oh no no come on! I liked the reboot. I wish they would have finished the series because now it's just hang. It's just out there hanging. Well, you're the only one. I no, think. I'm not the only one. Were Carmen here, she would agree with me. Okay, so there are two people. Who, <laughs> who Toby Maguire forever. <laughs> you sound like Raiden. Now. Oh boy! All right. Well, we should get out of here then. For helping us with these last two episodes. Yeah, Jordan's got to head back to college. Yep. It's a hard life. It's a hard not life. Well, for me. For you. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Dad, we're on easy street. (laughs) (laughs) Till the NSA comes. (laughs) Then we'll see. (laughs) Then we'll just be on the street. So, if we're in your area... <laughs> Can you imagine being that, being that NSA guy who has to transcribe what he's listening to on the Worldview Media he's podcast? Like, what the heck? <laughs> These guys are idiots. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever uh, to type. Of course, by now, he's the only one still listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is for you, NSA guy. Shout out, NSA guy. <laughs> I'm going to transcribe you saying, shout out NSA guy. <laughs> no, seriously, we love you. I will show you our love. I was just going to say. Yeah. We love the NSA. <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>